Well, welcome back to Two Pastors and a Mic. My name is Shanik. And I'm Corey. And we're so glad that you're joining us today, wherever you're at, driving, at home, at work, wherever. Thank you so much for listening. We actually had uh, several uh, people reach out and they just really encouraged us. And so what I'm going to ask you to do as we get this episode kicked off is for you to go to Apple Podcast. And if you haven't subscribed already, would you please do that? Also, we would love for you to leave a review and give us a rating. Let us know what you think about the podcast or a specific episode. We would really appreciate that. Yeah, Share this between your friends, text, social media, however and whatever. This week's question of the week is what's a podcast that you listen to? <laughs> so as soon as you asked me this right before we started recording, um, I contemplated whether or not to share this, but you know, we've been like open and honest about everything. So I'm just going to go there. With <laughs> you are going to go there. <laughs> yeah. Let's just do it. I mean, I'm going to answer the question truthfully. So I actually have, um, I mean, there, there's a lot of podcasts I listen to, but none like frequent outside of the three I'm going to mention. I listen to some real estate podcasts, some investing podcasts, some spiritual podcasts, but just a lot of times one-offs or if someone has an episode of something, Hey, check this out. I'll listen to it because I don't really listen to a lot of music when I'm driving. It's always podcast. Same. Yeah. But, um, I still listen to the Dave Ramsey podcast, not so much to get financial advice because I think I, I know, um, the content well enough to know what Dave or the other host are going to answer with, but I like to see how they answer certain questions that come in and kind of think about if I would answer them the same way. And some I would, honestly, in my journey and what I've learned just from my personal experience, some of them I would actually answer differently. But Hmm. there's one podcast, um, I'm just gonna give all three, is that okay? Yeah. A second podcast uh, is the Paul White uh, podcast. Um, He's a dude who Jamie brought in uh, several years ago for a conference, just loved his teaching, uh, the style um, and how he taught and the content. It was just amazing, revolutionary, full out new covenant kingdom. And so I've been just devouring his podcast over the last year, year and a half, and try to stay up to date with uh, with everything. And he releases a lot of content. So I'm not fully up to date with everything. But if you're wanting to, to grow uh, in your walk and journey with God, it'd be a great podcast for you to check out. And then lastly, I actually listened to the Sex with Emily podcast. Um, Emily Norse is a sex therapist. She's a doctor, Dr. Emily. Uh, She got her start, and those of you, um, this will take you back maybe. She got her start on Loveline with Dr. Drew and is it Adam Carell? Yeah. Remember Mm -hmm. that? Yeah. Um, This is how she got started, and she was kind of the forerunner into the podcast world, podcast in general, but especially in just giving you know, tips and sexual advice and, um, I wish yeah, just people could see your face right now. You're like, <laughs> I'm blushing a little bit. You're I like don't know why. You're like a kid at a candy store telling us that you listen to a sex podcast. <laughs> well, you know, I, I just want to make sure that I am, uh, you know, growing and learning in all areas of life. <laughs> I love it. And so I love the perspective she brings and, you know, some of it is, uh, is, you know, good advice. Some of it is just good conversation starters with Melanie. So I, I, I like listening to it and, um, yeah, has it, I'll leave it at that. Has it helped or hurt your marital sex life? 
Oh, I'd say it has helped for sure. Okay, so there it and is. The, re mostly, the recommendation. Mostly just around language. And she has a few things that she always goes um, to these phrases or sayings, and it's just become language now for Melanie and I. Um, and I'll just throw a few of these out there. Like she th she says things, and it comes up almost on every podcast. She'll say things like, communication is lubrication. Can I say that on this podcast? You just did. <laughs> um, but just, you know, really a great you know, stressing the importance um, of communication and, and dialogue with your spouse uh, or your significant other. She also really talks a lot about timing, tone, and turf. And you know me with alliterations and on all of that. I love it. Timing, tone, turf. And she's talking about how to have certain conversations with your spouse. They shouldn't be in high stress moments. They shouldn't be in the moment. Um, but choosing time, tone, and turf and how you're going to bring things up and discuss things and talk things. So uh, talk about things. So in that regard, I it has that. helped a ton, yeah. honestly. And it gives that. us fun things to talk about. Like, can you believe, like, there are people out there that really enjoy this? <laughs> and it's like, huh. You're what? laughing at me right now. Yeah, what, what, give us one Well, I don't have an that. example. No, I'm not going to share any of that stuff. You'll just have to go check out the podcast oh, if you want to. That's great. But it's helped. That was a lot. Yeah, sorry. Long answer. No, that's, it's probably helpful. I, I only listen to one podcast currently right now, and it's the Paul White podcast. It's the only thing I listen to. Now, there's been a couple that have been recommended to me. Some I listen to just like you, one-offs, Happy Heretic Hour. Those guys are crazy. Uh, someone just recommended last night that I listen to the liturgists, liturgists, L-I-T-U-R-G-I-S-T-S -S podcast, liturgists. Yeah. So th that's about like people and their experience with church hurt and different types of deconstruction within church ministry. They said I would like it. So hmm. I'll probably check that out. But yeah, Paul White Ministries is really the only podcast that I currently listen to. So week do you in, mostly listen out. to music when you're in the car? No, I listen to Paul White. Or books, audiobooks. I listen to audiobooks. Like right now, on my way up to church this morning, I finished the book uh, Present Over Perfect that okay. um, Jenny actually recommended yeah. in our TLP. And speaking of TLP, that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. Perfect segue. Yeah. Um, you actually had a conversation with somebody that sparked this thought. And we just got out of the, you know, the cow tipping series. We've been talking a lot about certain aspects of Christianity and spirituality. And so I think that this week it'd be great to let some people in on our journey and things that we've been processing uh, emotionally and spiritually over the last six months, eight months since we've been in TLP, which again, this is just every, once a month, our staff has been going through uh, a six hour day with a therapist. Uh, mm -hmm. LMFT. Yeah, a licensed marriage and family therapist. And it has been revolutionary for us as a team, but also for us individually. And you got asked a question. You were telling me the story. And I was like, dude, we need to talk a podcast about this because I think people would be really encouraged to hear this and also really challenged. And it was how you answered the question, how are you doing? Right. So let me take a minute to lay some groundwork before I let you know how I answered this question. Um, recently, Melanie and I, we threw a party for her mom. She just retired 35 years and uh, almost, I think over 30 in the military. And then she was working as a civilian for the army. Anyway, we had this big retirement party. Her family came out and we had some friends that are mutual friends of her mom and Melanie and I come out and join us. And they were the last ones to leave. And we were just hanging out at the end of this party. This just happened two Sundays ago. And 
before they left, she's like, hey, we just haven't had a chance to hang out and see each other much, so I really want to know, how are you doing? Like, are you okay? Is everything going okay? And I looked at her, um, and I just said, you know, things have never been better. And I didn't realize what I was saying in the moment until the, the lady that I told this to was caught off guard. She's like, wait, uh, I'm going to have to ask now because I've never had someone respond when I ask how they're doing that they've never been better. Usually it's, man, I've never been busier or we got all this stuff going on or, man, I'm facing all this chaos or these, you know, horrible circumstances or life's getting in the way, whatever. She's like, no one's ever. So I don't even know how to respond to you right now because no one's ever said they've never been better. So you're going to have to tell me, like, why would you say that? What's going on in your life for you to say at 42 years old, your life has never been better? And so I just got to unpack with her what we have been learning and what I've been learning about myself over the last three-year journey through TLP, overcoming things like imposter syndrome, which we've done a podcast on. You can look back in our archive and, and find a few of those episodes. Um, but just kind of overcoming that understanding. And I'm going to use a term that, that Jenny, the therapist, uses. It's called integration. And if you think about integration, it's like bringing two things together and you integrate two or more things and you're accepting of the entire thing as a whole. And with integration, we recognize that while yes, there are good parts about us and our life and about who we are and what we've done, but we also can't just avoid or fake or hide the negative realities or the negative or what we would call maybe bad parts of our life too. And so most of us live a life where we just try to display the good and we try as hard as possible to hide the bad parts of ourselves. And that is an exhausting life. And what I've learned is when I begin to integrate and basically I integrate both of those parts of me to say, okay, it's not even that I'm bad or I'm good. The fact remains is I am loved and that's where I have to live. That's the foundation of my uh, identity. And so when I've come to that place where I can accept the fact that as a leader, there's some things that, man, I probably have made poor decisions on. There's some aspects about my um I won't say character, but my ability where sometimes I don't lead well in every situation. There's parts of me where I do fail, Melanie, as a husband. There's parts of me as a dad, I still overreact and get, get uh, angry too quickly or start with anger in, before I process. Like all these things that I used to want to hide from everybody, I'm like bringing more in the open. I'm trying to process them more. I'm getting more advice. Hey, this is how I've been or how I've been acting, is, is this how you receive me lately? And so just getting to the place where accepting all of me has led me to a place that now I do feel like, even though I have some negative realities in my life, I don't think I've been as comfortable leading as I am right now. I, I feel like, and Melanie and I will tell, or Melanie will tell you this as well if you ask her, I think our marriage has never been better. I think I have a better relationship, even though we're navigating some some tough stuff with uh, at least our oldest son, but it's open line. It's a line of communication that really has never been there before. Um, and then just the role, bringing in Austin as student pastor, where we've now elevated you, Corey, to teaching pastor here and taking that one responsibility off so that I can open myself up to um, just the 
the, the team here more to pastor at a greater capacity, the people that walk through the doors to be in the community um, and loving people right where they're at um, instead of just from the stage and platform. That has been just revolutionary in my life. And so even though there's still things that are weighing me down a little bit, there's still some things that I'm going through that right now kind of suck, but that hasn't changed the fact that for me, and who I am, and now my, I guess, um, I don't even know if this is a word, but it's solidity in my identity. Mm-hmm. And none of that, I don't know, it, it's never been better. And I can truly say I'm 42 years old and I'm doing the best I, I've ever been doing, or I felt the best I've ever felt emotionally. in my life, emotionally, yeah, spiritually, emotionally, even somewhat physically at 42 years old. Yeah, which... It's pretty amazing, especially when you deal with the fact that you've had some pretty crazy and heavy stuff you've had to walk through. So it's it's not necessarily life has never been better in terms of outward circumstances. It's life has never yeah. been better in terms internally. Right. Yeah. Like how you deal with your circumstances and your perspective has shifted greatly and it comes from that identity. I love I love that you said that because the TLP this is your third year doing it. This is mm-hmm. our first year as a team. And for me, it's been monumental because it has given me specific language, but also it's given me specific challenges around, you know, practicing and developing uh, different characteristics, being okay with certain flaws that I have and not um, beating myself up so much, getting proper verbiage for how I speak even to myself. Because some of us, you've heard it probably said before, is a lot of us would punch people in the face if they talk to you the way that you talk to yourself. And that's an issue. If that's an issue, like that needs to be addressed. And so even going through this transition and, you know, our baby as of Julia could pop at any minute, she's two to three weeks out. And we've been doing stress tests every single week because with the diagnosis of PRUV, which we talked about earlier, um, they're concerned that he could die at any given week. And so far he's passed every stress test and we have to do go in every single week and he's growing and so I'm just going to, I'm believing he's healthy. I'm believing he's okay. And we'll deal with that. If, if it happens, there's no point in stressing and worrying about something I can literally not control, but I, that it's easy for me to say now, but that was been a process. Yeah. It's been like a three, four month process. Right. And it could be any day. Yeah. It can yeah. be. I remember. <laughs> so those of you listening, so Corey called me like three or four days from Easter and he's like, um, by the way, you might want to go look at the passage I'm going to be speaking on just to be. Uh, uh, aware because you might be plan B because man, Julia, man, she could have this baby tonight. Yeah. And I'm, and I never thought about it, but I'm like, Oh man, I I was thinking about it all weekend and it didn't ruin my weekend, but I woke up Sunday morning to a text at like six 30 AM. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's Corey. Julia's having her baby. I'm going to have to preach both services today. (laughs) I don't have anything prepared. Sorry. Sorry. It would have been probably amazing. (laughs) But like, obviously we've talked before about this whole B thing for me, being present, being satisfied, and ultimately being curious, like about what people believe and why, and being curious about my own beliefs has really been helpful over the past couple months. Um, the, The book I shared about earlier is Present Over Perfect. It was nothing new for me, but the author said some things that were really good. I like the way that she put it. She said, the best thing that I can offer the world is a well-tended and emotionally healthy spirit. And then she asked this question, do I bruise people with my fragmented, anxious presence 
And do I miss moments to connect with souls because of the drugs of efficiency, perfection, and accomplishments? Um, is there fruit in your ministry but starva starvation in your marriage? And at the last question she asked is, well, what kills a soul? Well, exhaustion, secret keeping, and image management. But what brings a soul back from the dead is honesty, connection, and grace. And I think as church leaders, not to toot our own horn, I think we've done a really good job with creating a safe space, especially in the church world, with having open and honest conversations, opportunities to connect, and just grace at every turn. And it's been really helpful for me. But the most helpful thing through TLP is something that I learned just even a, a month ago was entitlement and narcissistic wounds. And so this has been monumental for me in my own growth because Jenny challenged me to allow people into my process instead of always speaking from the end of my process. So, and what that means is like, oh, I can relate to that because I used to struggle with that and it took me years to overcome it and here's how I did it. Instead of getting to that place, allowing people into my current process of struggling. And the two things I'm currently dealing with and growing with is around entitlement and narcissistic wounds. And it came out, so we did a whole lesson on entitlement. Mm -hmm. And there were like five areas where we can feel entitled. And I remember looking at it and going, man, I don't relate to any of those. Like, this is not for me. I don't really feel like I'm an entitled person. And then I don't know what she called BS on me. And we started talking. And I realized that I had made a vow. And so here's one thing I've been working on is to have less opinions about people I do not know personally. So actually it's not less, have no opinions of people I do not know personally. And it's been so amazing for me. Yeah. Um, people ask my opinions about the Hillsong documentary, which I watched. I have none, none. Like we can talk about this, but I'm gonna, my, my opinions are very limited because I don't know any of those people and there's two sides to a story. If people ask me about different preachers. Do you like this guy? No opinions because I don't want to dictate how people feel about something when I don't necessarily know that, that person. And what happened is I was getting hurt and wounded by people who were saying crap about our church, saying crap about me, calling me a false teacher, all this stuff. People not just disagreeing with me. I'm okay with disagreeing. It's when you disagree with me and then dismiss me or dishonor me. And never to my face. You're talking to people I know or do life with, and they're relaying the information. And I realized, you know, I was angry up until that that day. And what came out in the session was that I was just sad. And obviously anger is oftentimes, uh, what do they call it? Like emotion that just disguises your sadness. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I was entitled because I was working so hard at not having about uh, not having opinions about people I don't know personally that I was expecting other people not to have opinions about me without knowing me. And that wasn't happening, and I was getting sad and angry about it. And so yeah. I created an entitlement that, well, I'm working so hard to not have opinions about people that I don't know. Why aren't they, yeah. or why are they having an opinion about me when they don't freaking know me? And I was like, man, I got so much more work to do and that can be depressing, but I want people in on my process that I, I'm working this through. I'm working like currently right now, I'm, it's, it's hard not to be offended or pissed off at people that don't know me because the people that know me love me. And sometimes I can get really frustrated. And then the narcissistic wound was like, it's not that you're a narcissist. It's that 
you have a narcissistic wound, which the way she explained it was there was an emotional need that you needed in early on, whether in childhood or in your early adult ages, like high school, college, and young adults. There was a an emotional need that you needed but never got. And it can create a narcissistic wound where you're not a narcissist, you're just needing that affirmation from certain people that you never got in a healthy way. And so, yeah, I was just, I realized that, and that can be depressing that there's so much more work because I feel I'm a very disciplined person, like very disciplined in almost every area. And I do pride myself on having my life together to a degree. Like there's a need that needs to be met emotionally, spiritually, physically. Like I'm going to talk it through with people. I'm going to address it. I'm going to grow. I'm going to work on myself. And it's like, how much I've worked on myself up to this point and then realizing and being exposed that it almost never stops was a little bit depressing for me, honestly. The work really never stops. It never. And that can defeat people from growing. But man, it's all about these baby steps. It's all, all about this slow process of growing and becoming a better version of yourself from what you were yesterday, not from other people that you're comparing yourself to. And so that has been really freeing for me, um, even in this transition out of student ministry. Like I've fallen more in love with student ministry now that I'm not responsible. And I think it's just overall, like I love that you answered that question. How are you doing? I I think I'm going to answer that question. I've never been better, even though I'm working on a lot of different areas in my life. Yeah. And we're about to have a kid and everything's going to get thrown to hell again. <laughs> yeah. And real quick, let me back up because I love uh, you quoted um, this author who wrote the book, Presence Over Perfection. And she said, how do you bring a soul back from the dead she said honesty connection and grace and what we've been learning in tlp that it is about taking in the right nutrients and it's grace and truth over time Mm -hmm. this stuff isn't solved in a day it isn't you know rectified in a month it's an ongoing process and just like you're talking about your experience and the entitlement piece that you were awakened to Um, It's just more work, but it's grace and it's truth over time. And if you're listening still, I would just encourage you um, twofold with this. And I think this is one of the reasons why we both can answer this question um, the same with we've never been better. And if you want to answer the question, how are you doing with I've never been better? I think it starts with the idea of finding out what it is exactly you need and start asking the right people for it. And we've learned this early on in TLP. There's things and there's times in our life where uh, we need, maybe it's affirmation. Maybe we just need someone to be present with us to listen to us vent. It could be we need encouragement. It could be we need feedback. It could be that we need a truth teller in our life because something's jacked up and I'm getting all the information and I'm getting people to give me advice and I'm getting people to help me put systems and structures in place and I'm getting all of this, but something's still jacked up. So I need a truth teller to come into my life and tell me exactly my blind spot and what I'm missing or the areas that I'm weak in. And maybe I might not ever be able to solve, but Hey, I can bring someone along with me to help me in the journey to get there. And so understanding what it is truly that you need and begin to ask for it. And I know one other thing with this, here's a byproduct as you begin to ask for what you need and you're getting filled in those areas, you're able to recognize immediately when someone comes to you that you need to ask them what exactly they need from you. And it has helped me be a better friend. It's helped me be a better 
uh, husband, when Melanie comes to me and she's like going off on her day and some stuff happen happens at work and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, so what do you really need from me in this moment? Do you want me to just listen? Do you want me to give you some feedback? Do you want me to give you advice on maybe how you should have handled this situation? What exactly do you need? And she'd be like, oh, no, I would just wanted to tell you about my day and everything that happened. Oh, okay, I can do that. I can just listen. And it's helped our relationship so much. And it just takes the pressure off. I got a phone call today. Um, she's just going through, uh, the lady that called, going through a lot, um, just dealing with, um, with responsibilities of kids and people they're helping out as a guardian and some, some choices they made. And uh, I was finally able to come to a place where I just said, hey, so how can I help you? What do you need from me? Mm-hmm. And once you ask that, it takes so much pressure off that you don't have to feel like, oh, I got to be that Superman or I got to come in and save them. I got to come in and rescue the day. Maybe they just need a little advice. Maybe they just need to vent to someone. And whatever it is, you put the ball back in their court, so to speak. And so then they can ask for exactly what they need. Mm -hmm. And I think that, and if you're still listening, if you can take that, oh my gosh, it will be a life changer. And if someone asks you what you need, do not respond with the words, I I don't don't know. Because, and we've learned this, that when you say, I don't know, you invalidate your own feelings. And that is not a healthy, emotional person. And so I've even been practicing, figuring out, okay, what do I need? What do I want in this moment? And being able to communicate it. And that takes time to, I love that grace and truth over time. Because what kills a soul is exhaustion, secret keeping, and image management. And we would love to help you get healthy through this podcast. Hopefully this helped you today. Hopefully you were encouraged even hearing some of us, some of the things that we're processing. Again, we, some of us are walking through valleys. Some of us are on mountaintop experiences. But our perspective in the midst of whatever we're going through, we can answer that question is we've never been better because we actually start working on ourselves. Yeah, I love that. So be encouraged today. And with that, just know you're loved and there's nothing you can do about it.